What's up, Fight Fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Monday, January 30th, 2023, and this week's episode, The Notorious News Cycle. We'll talk about a very busy week in MMA news. UFC 287 in April gets an epic doubleheader. The Notorious Conor McGregor made several headlines. And the UFC is getting into the NIL ambassador game with the daughter of a UFC legend. And we'll cap off this week's show previewing the main events of both the UFC and Bellator. UFC has Vegas 68 with the heavyweight clash between Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak. Bellator 290 from the forum has the last fight of the legendary Fedor Emelianenko as he takes on reigning heavyweight champion Ryan Bader. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. Uh, how are you doing, first of all? I'm good. It's been a busy week. Um, let me tell you something. This is like my first fight week, fight week of the year. I haven't done anything in about a month and a half, and so that's kind of like my sweet spot. Usually I like a month, but at a month and a half, I have the... Uh, the proverbial itch, so to speak, gotcha. you know, like I, I'm not like John Morgan. I'm not here every Saturday, <laughs> every Wednesday. Like, so for me, when I actually get that time away, the heart does want it a little more. I notice, So I do feel it. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I was going to ask, did you uh, iron your shirts and get a fresh haircut like you usually do? I don't do that till tomorrow. Okay. But it is on my schedule. Okay. <laughs> yes, uh, my barber knows it's like it's like we have one. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Any special designs? I like the snowflake from December. That was pretty cool. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, not this time. You know, my regular one. I think it's because I get it so much. I think it's pretty cool personally. But um, no, I know people. A lot of people been asking me if I'm going to do something special. People been asking me, are you going to do like a Valentine's Day, like oh, a heart or something? I'm not sure. I'll make that decision when I get to the chair, but um, I'm leaning toward my regular one for all our viewers. Okay, good to know. There we go. <laughs> um, no fights on Saturday, so um, if you enjoyed The Last of Us, uh, I'll save that for another podcast because I think we get very sidetracked. <laughs> It was a great episode. If you didn't see it, definitely enjoy it. Anyway, um, UFC 287. Uh, I think this one really hit people out of left field. I'll be honest. I was working and like busy day. I'm not checking my phone. I'm aware. I got uh, something alerted me. One of the apps told me, hey, UFC Dana White. I didn't bother. I'm like, you know, so-and-so wants me to pick, pick up some milk or something. I'm, I'm good, right? Mm-hmm. I'm about to clock out and then I see like two minutes old oh Dana White announces and I'm like I was kind of hoping we'd have the graphic instead I'm just there listening in my phone around a bunch of people and then I'm like oh shoot Pereira, Adesanya, Masvidal, Gilbert Burns um, I know you also had a busy week too when were you made aware of UFC 287 getting this pairing of fights? Okay I I found out the same day. I don't know what day that was. I cannot tell you what I was doing. And I'm shocked that I found out as early as I did. But I did find out, like, day of. I think it was Friday. Okay. And I remember even being surprised. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I'm actually not late (laughs) to this (laughs) one somehow. Uh, So, yeah, I found out. My reaction was 
uh, a little surprise. I was excited for Pereira Adesanya. It makes sense. Um, but but it's like if you're Adesanya, man, this was already was this one the fourth or the third fight between the two of them? This will be this upcoming one is the fourth. Okay. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Like you think about, you know, the only one that we've seen it kind of go back and forth is Pereira Figueredo, who just happened, you know, just finally was finished last week. Um, but Shevchenko, Jan Jacek, you know, there were three of them in kickboxing or Muay Thai and then this one and the one in the in UFC. So if I'm out of Sanya, it's like, you know, you got to get back on that horse, right? You want to get back in there and try to try to defeat this guy. But <laughs> part of me was like, damn, what if he beats him for the fourth time? That's just going to be soul crushing. Oh, but anyway, you want some anarchy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, I want to see that fight. It's going to be killer. The one that really surprised me was Masvidal Burns because that's a hard fight for Jorge Masvidal, who hasn't fought in, I don't know, 18 months? It's been like a crazy amount of time, right? Yeah. Since that, uh, It's going to be over a year over since a year. this okay. fight. Yeah. That's a hard fight to come back to the UFC in. On, but of course, you know he's built himself up to such a degree that he can't really take a lesser opponent. Um, and I guess enough of the, you know, legal issues are at bay that he is free, eligible, you know, willing to fight in April. So my, quick yeah, note, I, mean, he I, did... think, I keep thinking like if he loses again, like Adesanya, if he loses this fight, what does it mean for him? But anyway, go ahead. Real quick, I did. Uh, he did say he had some injuries that really didn't get attention because everyone just thought, well, he's got to keep going to court over the Colby Covington thing. Gotcha. He did say that's ongoing, but he did say he had some stuff that just kind of the layoff, then legal, then injuries. That's kind of collectively has kept him okay. more or less out of the action. Um, yeah, you know, uh, so real quick, I do want to point out a lot of the this undercard is like it's a sleeper like like when i broke it down i was like yo like this is this card is going to be popping you got kevin holland versus santiago ponzinibbio rob font adrian yanez kelvin gastelum chris curtis uh raul rosas jr is coming back joe pfeiffer is gonna have another ufc fight so I was like, yo, this is a pretty solid card. Uh, you know, even if just like what I just read off and then you have, you know, uh, some more up-and-comers, let's say, on the undercard, that's a pretty solid lineup. So definitely a big one. Obviously, the UFC is leaning toward, you know, we've heard the rumors now, Madison Square Garden in New York. Uh, some of the accounts put out Miami. That is apparently in the running, but it's not actually, you know, a done deal pen to paper so it is still up in the air but the front runners are new york and miami um you know so natalie when i looked at this when mm -hmm. you look at obviously uh, i don't have anything more to add uh, high stakes good fights great fighters in adesanya Pereira, a very fun stylistic matchup with masvidal and burns burns look great obviously being neil magny we know jorge likes to bring it win or lose but the thing that really stood out to me, outside of Conor McGregor and John Jones, you're talking about easily the two biggest stars of the last several years for the UFC. Yeah, Just, that's um, true. Yeah, and, and I will point out, like, Conor, because his appearances are always spaced out, 
in recent years, ever since he did the boxing thing, sometimes it feels a little, you know, like... I know, like, he is still a big deal when he gets here, but I feel like because he's been on a skid longer, that has kind of hurt the excitement level. You still want to see if you still tune in. He's still so familiar to the general public. But I feel like the hype is, it's not 2016. And John Jones as well, John Jones has been a way that, like, respectfully, we kind of want to move on to the people we do have because we want to get excited about something. And so the fact that you have both Adesanya and Masvidal on the same card, two guys who easily could headline their own pay-per-views, who have been headlining their own pay-per-views, this is pretty killer. Now, in hindsight, you brought it up, Adesanya must win, Pereira, could his stock just go off if he gets another one over Adesanya in MMA? Masvidal, he's going to have his crew Particularly if this event is in Miami, oh heck no. Yeah, yeah. You know, say no more, it's going to be epic. But the fact is, he is also in a must win. And I know they signed two really lucrative contracts. I think that's proof of the UFC's excitement and belief in them and their ability to draw a crowd. I'd be lying if I said this doesn't feel like a must win for both men, like you said. And they did not get gimme fights. These are both dangerous fights for both men. It makes for a lot of fun, which is why I'm going to toss it to you. You've got quite the double header. When you say, when you put your information into ESPN Plus, how do you feel about that 80 bucks right about now? Ah, it hurts, man. I mean, every time, right? (laughs) Every time, especially because they just like, they just raised it to 74.99 six months ago i mean a year was, ago yeah a, okay, okay i know i know i know that didn't help but i'm sorry <laughs> it felt like it was just three months ago frankly um <laughs> and so i think the what this last pay-per-view was the first 80 dollar one right yeah that one hurt more because even though it was a good fight a good card it's like oh jeepers uh this one seems more worth it but i still don't feel like 80 dollars is fair for a product that is great that I love. <laughs> it's my favorite sport, but it's every month. Like when you're paying for boxing pay-per-views, there's usually one big one a year, maybe two. And and it's got to be Canelo or, you know, even Mayweather in his day to get you to a number like this. They only have like three or four that you'd like, okay, that's like a $70 yeah. card. Yeah. yeah. And now it's like 80 bucks a month. On top of ESP, I mean, look, we don't have to, I don't have to, you know, rehash all the numbers, but it, it stings, man. It stings. So we'll, at least they're giving us <laughs> our money's worth for this one. But every, not every pay-per-view that they're charging you $80 for is going to be this good. Uh, so it's going to be stinging probably every other month. Until... So objectively, though, in a vacuum, how do you feel about the price tag? For the names, just in the top, the top yeah, two. Yeah, the, the first two fights, it, it's it's worth it for the name, for the star power. But then, you think about the matchups, especially Masvidal Burns. Like, I, I just don't see it being that competitive. And so that one's like, oh man, you know, Masvidal from the the Ben Askren era, I would have been more excited uh, and and less bothered by the eighty dollars at that point than I am now. Um, but okay, I mean, they got me. 
I'm a sucker, right? So, you know so, pr- so preemptively, so preemptively, you feel like Masvidal's Masvidal doesn't have the right guy. You feel like Burns might have his number at this stage of the game. Yes, for sure. Okay, and but, and so yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Like when you feel like like Hamzad and Nate Diaz, it's like I know they're big names, but I'm not gonna get the bang for my buck when they actually meet in the cage. Okay, right. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um. I don't know. Part of me wonders if Burns won't just decide he wants to put on a show and bang with them too. Um, that would be so awesome, but I just don't think it's going to happen either. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> he can. He could, but, but I don't why? think he will. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's not. I mean, that Hamza fight is still pretty sick. I watched it on YouTube the other day. It was so cool. <laughs> anyway, but um, <laughs> I digress. My point being... I get what you're saying. I think when I look at that undercard, I'm sure they're going to add a few more guys and girls to it. It's pretty solid. Um, the The one thing I'll say is obviously, like, I kind of need the hook. I kind of need that, that extra sauce because I, I kind of need to feel like there's a little bit more heat with Burns Masvidal. Adesanya Pereira sells itself. It's the skill level, the history... You know, I don't need to be told that. I think they're both at a great stage of the, their careers. I think Adesanya, win or lose, has a lot. I think Pereira still has a lot. But for sure, um, I think that if I could get the hook there, everything else really just, you know, it becomes self-sustaining fire. I'll put it that way. Okay. But um, look, we always say we want the biggest names for our bucks. I mean, it's, I'm hard-pressed to find another pairing of two fighters outside of Jones and Ganu, you know, of four fighters who is like, hey, for 80 bucks, this is who you're getting. Okay, objectively, that's what exactly what I want as a fan. So I'm going to say this is a good one. Um, But yeah, like I said, the hook, that's where it'll continue for me from there. Um, Oh my gosh, the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> in the next one. Uh, So Conor McGregor, first off, the talk everyone's bringing... Is is he going to be the coach of the upcoming season of The Ultimate Fighter? So that was the Friday news. Let's talk about the Monday news, right? So he had it come out. The news story ran. And I want to point out, it came out last week. This didn't happen last week. Allegedly, last June, I want to say it was. Last summer, for sure. Uh, essentially, this woman said that Connor assaulted her, was threatening her. To you know, she felt her life was in jeopardy to the point that she says she jumped off his yacht, jumped off the boat to save her own life. Um, Connor, through his representation, did come out and deny any such thing happening. What happened? They know they'll figure it out. You know, under investigation, right? I mean, obviously, it sounds pretty wild. I'm not gonna act like Connor hasn't had some stuff happen, obviously, but. Until we know it, it is what it is. Then, of course, he also, you guys probably saw it, got hit by a car while riding his bike. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, scraped himself pretty good, but it didn't look like he needs another year and a half off from MMA. So, uh, yeah, and then we get to the news. He teases that he's looking to, um, he's been reached out to about coaching the Ultimate Fighter. We'll talk about tough in a minute. What do you think about the week the Notorious has had? Just bizarre. I mean, to have those three uh, stories break about, about one person 
uh, in a week is is wild. The boat allegation, that's crazy. It, you just imagine that you're on a boat, it's nighttime, and you're so scared of another person on the boat with you that you're willing to jump off into the dark ocean. <laughs> that's pretty serious fear, right? Either you're super legitimately scared um, or you're, you know, there's other stuff going on. I don't know. That's great. Like the the details of that, I don't that that were actually revealed, you know, on on the uh, in the in the news story. Just seems supremely bizarre. I'll just say this, and I, I'm it's not an original thought here. I heard it on Morning Combat with Luke Thomas and uh, Brian Campbell, but they just started listing off all the incidents that Connors had where he's, you know, allegedly hit somebody or has been caught on video hitting somebody. And it's like uh, the, the, the person like who that took time a, at the bar. Right, yeah, exactly. The man who didn't like his whiskey. He punched the old man. Uh, the phone. Someone took you know, the phone. I he remember. took someone's phone and stomped on it. Right. Yeah. Um, the the dolly. The dolly incident. Let's not. Forget what happened that. with the dolly? Yeah. What happened with the dolly? Right. Something about it, it went flying into a bus. Uh, he jumps into the Bellator cage at some point. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. I mean, it was. Just, and there's more. I just can't remember them. So it's like kind of like you know when there's smoke there's fire if it walks like a duck you know uh talks like a duck it's probably a duck so it's either someone who's opportunistically you know taking advantage of this precedent that he's just you know established for himself or it's a it's true or it actually happened we don't know but it's just crazy man like there's nobody else that's getting that kind of attention those kinds of allegations tossed at them so that's one you know, he hasn't seemed to come under too much fire for his other problem, his other incidents. And so this one will probably, you know, swept under the rug as well. Um, the tough tweet or Instagram post, that one seems sincere because I remember very clearly how bothered he was to be on uh, the first one with your eye favor. He was so, supremely disinterested, just you know, the first day he reads a, a, a message that he wrote on his phone and reads it to the fighters and he's just like, you guys need to be responsible for your own, you know, training and, and this is your journey, not mine. And he, he couldn't care less except for Artem Lobov, right? This time he seemed genuinely interested, um, ends the, the, the message by saying, you know, this is much needed, I think, for him to be taken away from whatever, you know, his regular life and stuck in this in this um in this world for six weeks or whatever it is uh it seems like he was looking forward to it which is very surprising but also exciting and then the bike thing is just ridiculous like imagine being the person that hits conor mcgregor <laughs> on his bicycle you're first of all you're like oh my god i just hit somebody oh my god it's conor mcgregor holy moly <laughs> i like the ones like People are memeing like, oh, a police sketch of the guy who hit Conor McGregor and it's like Nate Diaz's <laughs> Masvidal's. It's like, oh my God, you, it's, uh, the internet, man. Yeah. Let me tell you something. When people are talking, it could be a really great place. Totally. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, I mean, in regards to that, innocent until proven guilty. But Les, you, you used a good word, precedent. The precedent obviously always makes you concerned. I mean, I'm not saying the woman jumped off a carnival cruise, but that is a large boat to leap off of. In the dark. Right? In the dark, yes. In the dark. Like I said, man, I mean, 
it's like you know did it happen it's like if someone can tell me like yes for a fact it is true it's like are you serious man come on how i mean how much money do you need to get out to stay out of trouble apparently you know sometimes it's never enough but whatever yeah um that's just what i think obviously but yeah you know all all things considered uh we'll find out obviously these things always come to a head at some point right and yeah they move on or they don't and until then it's obviously is it accusations was there something i don't know i you know for anybody's sake i don't want anyone to ever feel like they have to do that to escape and flee for their life so Mm -hmm. i hope nothing happened but obviously when more comes out we'll know uh the bike i mean first off i mean i've seen people get clipped on bikes uh i don't want anyone to have a bad accident so just lucky stars apparently um so good for connor obviously can you imagine if after all this we heard you know connor mcgregor in bike accident out another two years breaks his other leg it would <laughs> the, i don't know if the internet could even like comprehend this you know yeah so I'm glad he's fine. Um, and then finally, tough. Uh, my only thing about it is uh, it almost feels like, respectfully, it, tough is good. He's still the biggest, I'll argue, the most famous guy who ever coached tough. Like, yeah. when you talk about, uh, he coached it in 2015. So the year he beat Aldo to become a champion. I mean, that whole block right there from 15 to 17 where he obviously, look, he beat Chad Mendez. One, I, I think he beat, he headlined an event, beat Chad Mendez, beat Aldo, then Nate Diaz won, Nate Diaz two, double champ, Floyd Mayweather. That stretch, he was easily just as big as a LeBron James or anybody else in sports, arguably pop culture. And so the fact that... It, at the start of that, he did tough. I would argue he's still, for the timing, probably the biggest star they've ever had coach the show. Talking about now, he's such a bigger deal that I'd almost feel like, well, this isn't always for guys who are at that stage. Usually it's, you know, some of the champions who are big in MMA, but not necessarily the crossover guys. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Connor is entertaining this, he always has a few tweets a year where he's like, oh, you know, he, he just is waxing poetically about the fight game and coming back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, but can we just get you in the cage? Right. Mm-hmm. So this in particular, it it's exciting because guys like Tony Ferguson have then said they've been reached out. So it's like, OK, we have a fight and it makes sense. And Fourth of July and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously. I would rather just see Connor get back in the cage straight up just so we can finally see Connor back in the cage straight up. But okay, you know, we're getting tough. I think Tony Ferguson has always been the perfect opponent for him stylistically. I think when you talk about where they're at in their careers, Tony needs a win. Connor needs a win. You don't feel like stylistically you're getting a guy who's just going to wrestle and chop away at him with leg kicks. Um, Michael Chandler, obviously, <laughs> not 50 pounds bigger than him. Jorge Masvidal should be. I know that Connor has been looking swole, but we're all expecting that to change when diet, exercise, and USADA come back into his life. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I said it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've always felt that Tony Ferguson, even if it's at 170, would be the best fight for Conor personally. What about you? Yeah, I think that's a great, it's a great matchup. Um, I think the odds would favor Conor McGregor, even though it's been a while for him to have won a fight. But, you know, the same for Tony Ferguson. And I think just because we've seen more of Tony than we have seen of Conor fighting, it seems like, okay, you know, Conor's going to be the fresher fighter. And so for that reason, I feel a little bit bad, bad for Tony, but it is a good matchup. And I, you know, he, I think they'll both make for good television as coaches. I can't think of who else would be a good matchup for coaching that would also then be a good matchup for Conor McGregor in the cage. You know, anyone ranked in that top five, I think, is too challenging of a matchup for McGregor's return. Like, you know, you Charles don't Oliveira. No. <laughs> like, Charles Oliveira has been wanting the fight. He wants yeah. to get paid. It's like, but Charles, you know, you stylistically. Yeah. And I also think, respectfully, Connor, not every coach, like, respectfully, Vulcan, Brian Ortega, I wasn't exactly, you know, knocked off my feet with their banter yeah. on their season. Connor, you want someone who's going to verbally spar with him every week. Yeah. And so, yeah, I wouldn't want a guy like Charles for that reason. Um, Maz Vidal would be great, but stylistically doesn't lead to a good fight. So I don't care for Maz Vidal coaching. Yeah. Like I said, Tony's always been the guy. And if this is the direction they go, then I hope they make it with Tony. And yeah, that's all I have to say on that one. What about you? Yeah, same. I mean, he is the ideal choice when you factor in you know television presence and skill you know current skill set uh current record for actual you know in cage fighting so i like it yeah 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 for sure i mean i would tune in for that one i haven't fully tuned in for a tough in a long time that one i'd be watching every episode you mean you weren't riveted by juliana pena and amanda <laughs> nunes every week you know, I wanted to watch them. I tried, but my son always wanted to watch something else instead, and so I'd have to change it. I mean, he's not a fan of ZipRecruiter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, this one, I actually thought this one, upcoming one was a little interesting. UFC signs Bella Mir as an ambassador under the NIL, which stands for Name, Image, Likeness. You know, their deal with uh, essentially collegiate sports, but, you know, that branches out into the NCAA, the Division Ones, Division Twos. So, if you don't know about Bella, 19 years old, first athlete ever of this kind of deal. Freshman wrestler at Iowa State, um, fans probably familiar with her father, two-time heavyweight champion Frank Mir. And not for nothing, Bella is 4-0 as a professional. So she's already got fights. Even though she's going to college, i got to say, that's pretty baller. Mm -hmm. Respect. Um, for those unfamiliar, particularly myself, who didn't do as much reading until this story came across me, the NIL policy allows student-athletes, you know, this is still pretty new, so they're still working, they're ironing out a lot of details case by case, but... Essentially, student-athletes who can now accept money from businesses who use their likeness. So, let's say, you know, a shoe company. Hey, you wrestle in our shoes. Um, we can use you in ads. And you now can make money as a student-athlete. So, stuff like that. 
In particular for Bellamere, I will point out that it's unclear exactly what hers is like. So, you know, for example, does this mean that for sure she's going to go to UFC later? Like it's a commitment, like you will do Contender Series, you will do LFA, you will not do a, a Bellator or a PFL or something like that. That's unclear. Or are they just simply like a sponsor and they're trying to build relationships with these student athletes? So, you know, kind of like a, a bit of a, rec- yeah, essentially like college recruiting. Like, for example, some Nike, for example, sometimes gets in touch with these colleges and it's like, hey, you know, like we sponsor the program. So when you go to the NBA, you already want to be a Nike athlete or an Adidas or something mm-hmm. because you've gotten used to, you know, you're already familiar with it. Is the UFC just trying to do a little bit of that? Like, hey, we treated you well. So if you want to come after college when you start MMA, you could do it. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Because I do think that this, you know, like, OK, like, is this going to be a thing? Because this could be very interesting. What about you? It's it's very um, exciting opportunity for both, you know, Bellamere, UFC. I correct me if I'm wrong. Bellator has been signing already, signing like straight up signing college fighters, college wrestlers, excuse me, saying you know when you graduate, you'll you can come to Bellator right away. Am I making that up? So if you think of like an Aaron Pico, yeah, he didn't do college, but he was an amateur wrestler, okay. which is to say, essentially, he did, wasn't wrestling in college, but he was competing more or less college rules in wrestling, like the guys who would eventually go to Olympics and things like that. And then I believe Ty- Tyrell Fortune was another guy. Also Joey Davis. So it's not unheard of that they kind of do a little bit of like the AJ McKee thing. Like, okay, like we'll get you in at the ground floor. Mm-hmm. But they haven't admittedly done it in a minute. Okay. So to speak. Well, this is, I like this, this route because you don't have to commit to, I know you said you weren't sure, but I feel like I read something from Dana White saying, you know, she's not signed as a UFC. This doesn't mean she's going to be signed to to the UFC when she graduates college. Um, I'll have to double check that, but I like it because it, the UFC doesn't risk anything really, you know, Bellamere, from what I've gathered, you know, from just her Instagram page. But it seems like she has a good head on her shoulders. She's committed to, to the athlete, athlete life, to the combat sports life. And so I think that's someone they can reliably put their name behind in this collegiate world without having to, you know, concern themselves with some kind of scandal. And if there is something that should pop up, she's not a UFC fighter yet. It's just, you know, we're just using her her whatever name image likeness all three one or two or the other um to do outreach in other colleges um to attract a different uh, you know demographic it seems like and then she's going to benefit from it obviously by getting compensated so i like this a lot for both sides and there is a, a potential for a pipeline to getting signed to a contender series or you know tough or whatever it is if she's super amazing, maybe they sign her straight away upon graduation and into the UFC, which is entirely possible because think about her pedigree. You know, she was raised to, to, to be an MMA fighter, essentially. And so all that is to say, I love it. I think it's great. She's the perfect person to start this with. 
my question to you, if I don't know if you know, where has she been fighting professionally to have her foreign record? Do you know what promotion? I mean, I think she's had like a fight pass fight or two, but okay. it, they've been regional scene fights. Gotcha. It's not like gotcha. she's been fighting Challenger Series, LFA, stuff okay, like that. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, um, like you said, my thing, like when I hear about the student athletes and you hear about, look, not everyone goes to the NBA, NFL, right? Like plenty of college athletes don't. And look, it is what it is. But if you're part of like this sellout program that sells X amount of jerseys and merch, like for your university, respectfully, they're not always buying your Duke Blue Devils, you know, Kentucky Wildcats, Kansas Jayhawks t-shirts because it's Kansas and Kentucky. They do it because you have this guy, that guy on the team and they're playing great ball and they're killing it in March Madness, right? Mm -hmm. So I always like this, like, hey, look, if you're part of that, you deserve to get paid and I hope you do. So I do like that you know, the wrestlers, and you start with someone who seems, like you said, have have a good head on her shoulders in Bella. Um, I, I'm all for it. Girl, get paid. Congratulations. I yeah. think that's awesome. Once again, kind of like, and, and as you asked that question, I got to say, I, I did think more, not necessarily the wrestlers, but you'll remember, I think Valerie Lareda, mm-hmm. zero pro fights before Bellator. Um, what's her name? Sumiko Inaba. Another girl, you know, I think 1-0 and or 0-0 and got picked up by Bellator. So it's not unheard of the uh, the prospect route. You know, you're not being signed because they think you're going to be a contender in two years. It's They've gotten plenty of people on the ground floor. PFL with Kayla Harrison, even though obviously Olympic credentials, right? Yeah. Started 0-0. Clarissa Shields, technically 0-0 in MMA. I get it, boxing, but not MMA. Mm-hmm. So my point of that, though, is just to say that, like, there is always a, um, you know, it's not unheard of. I'd like to point out, Bella has more fights than Bo Nickel. And look where <laughs> Bo Nickel is at right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and apples to oranges. Um, but my point being is that, okay, like, I think this is a good thing. I think this is an interesting thing because imagine if you're, like an 18 19 year old you know kind of like you're kind of like you know like lebron james kid all the colleges are gonna want him because he's gonna be one of the must watch kids of march madness right Mm -hmm. things like that in basketball imagine you're like this standout like wrestler or something like that and you have like ufc and like a bellator and pfl saying hey you know like You could be in on our deal and we'll pay you some money to have us on your shorts or your singlet and in March, you know, in in the NCAA tournament, stuff like that. I think that that could be really cool because now obviously it gives these young kids, you know, a little bit of that power. Like, hey, you know, like maybe I go pro, maybe I don't, but at least that now I can profit off of this. And I think it leads to more parity because if you have all these up-and-comers eventually you're gonna strike gold right yeah i mean you feel like bo nickel is there look at some of the other guys in bellator who have turned out great for him i mean ufc 
you know, tried it with Sage Northcutt, obviously. I think he was like 0-1 or, you know, or like 1-0 or something like that before he came in. All of it is just good for the young guys and girls because they make money, they get exposure, you know, earlier on. And there's just more opportunity to like, hey, what am I really worth here and there and what do I want? And that's a long way of saying, I think that this makes the business very interesting if all of these 18, 19 year olds, you also know the UFC, Bellator and PFL are going after them. I think it's great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Once again, you're not going to be a champion in like two years after college, but that's not the point. You know, the point is you get on those those kinds of tracks and make money earlier. So it's all good. Anyway, we got two different fight nights. Um, I'm going to start with the more interesting one with UFC. Specifically, did you see the picture Terrence McKinney posted of Derek Lewis running in Texas? No. He was looking Let's see. slim. It's an old one, but okay. oh my goodness. They were, Terrence was like, Derek Lewis looks like he's ready for welterweight. And I'm not going to lie, the beast was looking svelte. And I was like, you know, this was about two months ago, three months ago in November. Oh, where yeah, we didn't... I see it. <laughs> yeah, you've seen it. And it's like, okay, three months ago, food poisoning or something like that. Got sick, couldn't fight the day of with Sergey Spivak. UFC turns him right around, relatively speaking, comes in. I will say we did not have that picture evidence going into November. So this does make me think, okay, like, do we have a different Derek Lewis? And Derek is saying, you know, I feel like the fans have written me off at the time when I'm finally taking it seriously, too. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Derek, I, I'm sorry. If we got something new, I apologize. But I will say this is all new information that I actually think makes it different than we when we talked about it a few months ago. Sergei Spivak... I I know he's had like one or two hiccups, but that man has had a very solid resume, very consistent contender out there, has won a lot of fights, hand, has a handful of experience himself, a very clear veteran. He is as equipped as anybody to give problems to a guy like Derek Lewis who's been on a skid. And so the idea of a new Derek Lewis who's... Let's put it this way. He was a high flyer before. Now looking lean. Okay. Natalie, talk to me about this fight now. Yeah, this is interesting because, yeah, when he was, you know, various iterations of Derek Lewis, he's always su surprised us with his athleticism, you know, throwing switch kicks or flying knees, like always completely unexpected. But this whole, you know, I'm finally taking it seriously thing, we've heard this before. This uh, there have been many post-fight interviews where he he says, "Oh man, I really need to you know do sparring and uh, really need to you know work out more and conditioning and blah blah blah." And whatever the case, it doesn't matter because he always comes in to deliver, even if he you know win or lose. So this though this uh, this cardio running machine guy that we're seeing, that's uh, that's unexpected for sure. But you know let's just wait and see with you know. Derek Lewis has been a little inconsistent lately, and that's fine. It happens. I think the pressure of fighting in Houston or Texas um, has gotten to him. I, I don't think he would deny that. Uh, is this Apex? No, this is a 
This is Apex. It's Apex, okay. But at that weird time, right? It's <laughs> and um, so yeah, I think I think he really needs to win and really wants to win. So all I can say is we're gonna get I think vintage Derek Lewis as far as you know the mindset. Uh, you know, fighter, brawler guy, but he's just going to be in better shape to defend and to, you know, to sustain, to sustain whatever his plan is throughout the five rounds. So I do think he can win. I do think he will win. I think it'll be over fast. I always say that for heavyweight fights and then you get stuck with the five rounder. But I think Derek Lewis is going to do a uh, KO round one just going to be freaking awesome <laughs> there are times when i don't want to get too invested in a f- one photo right mm-hmm. there's I a know. lot that could happen i like this i like what i'm hearing that Derek, because usually in interviews it's like no nah, i just i just fight man and etc cetera, etc cetera. this idea that like you know i'm actually trying to you know take this and not just you know like oh it's exciting and it's the beast and i like this attitude i think stylistically just personally i feel like he could um uh, look tied to ivasa is what what it is sergey pavlovich stylistically look anyone can hurt you but i feel like sergey may need to do a little more work to get a guy like lewis out of there the lewis we're familiar with mm-hmm so that being said, I think for that alone, I'd lean toward Derek. I think Sergey, if he wins this one, it's probably not been a fun one, I hate to say. Take your time, in and out, pick your spots, test that cardio. Heck, he's looking skinnier, good time to get on top of him, right? Yeah. Doesn't have all that weight to help him just stand up. Okay. Derek, unorthodox, aggressive. Kind of, you know, look, you're talking about the all-time knockout leader in UFC. Make him feel that presence. Let's go. But, yeah, I'm with you. I like to see exciting things, too. So I'm going to say Derek Lewis, round one. Okay. It occurred to, you know, I may barely be getting home by the time Derek fights. I don't know. But, you know, I wouldn't mind like, oh, you know, Derek Lewis is on. I took my shower. About to go to bed. Oh, he got him out of there. Great. You know, no mystery for the morning. That's true. <laughs> um, I mean, we talked about it. The road to the UFC. This fight was supposed... These fights were supposed to be taking place in Asia. And right. that's why they're airing in the middle of the night. I think it's not about that they want to alienate the many fans of Derek Lewis exactly. It was already this commitment. And then when they didn't have it in Korea... South Korea, they said, okay, well, we're still obviously invested. We've been having these fights like a tournament. I think they had them in Singapore, in Abu Dhabi. And so now they're like, okay, well, we're going to air it for the Asian fan base at their time so they can enjoy it. Why you would do that at the apex? Okay, I'm still a little confused, but all right, this is what they're doing. All right, let's just go. So... While I don't like that it's in the middle of the night, I do think that it can't hurt. CBS is going to get done early, and so they're going to have it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's like we said last week. It's I, I hear you. If you if you wake up at just the right moment and they deliver a first-round knockout, consider yourself lucky. 
or if you like you're coming home at just the right moment um you know i have sleepless nights i might wake up in the middle of the night and be like huh uh but otherwise oh, damn, derek lewis with the left hook <laughs> yeah exactly and then back to sleep but otherwise you know okay i'm just gonna watch this in the morning and that's fine um so I, i'm glad i'm fine with it because we have the the you know the regular primetime show over at bellator on cbs which is pretty exciting for it to be on you know regular it's gonna be on regular cbs right yep yeah i mean that's that's awesome when i can tell my my mom hey mom put it on you know channel seven or channel two it's it's exciting to me so um yeah i I think uh one at night one in the morning that's probably how i'll play it out though yep Uh, i also would be remiss laura sanko officially gets the first uh call or not the first call but essentially you know gets to complete that she's going to be the first woman of the zufa era to commentate a ufc event on saturday um i think it's a little wrong that she got the graveyard shift i, know, I was gonna say the first one they get <laughs> she's got to stay up it's like laura we got good news what it's like you're gonna be commentating and it's like at 2 a.m <laughs> shoot it's like she's the... she's gonna do great she's super sharp she's the... look honestly I can, I've talked with Laura Senko a bunch. When I tell you good things couldn't be happening to more deserving people, she's one of them. And I think that's the biggest compliment I could ever say about Laura Senko. Deserves it, has earned it. Um, I will stay up. I may not make it to Derek Lewis. I hope she understands, but uh, I definitely, I, I think it's just great. I think it's amazing. She earned it. Uh, I'm ready to see it and hear it, most importantly. So let's go. Yeah. All right. Um, capping it off, the final fight of the legendary Fedor Emelianenko. A lot of people put him right there. It's like it used to be a big three before 2011. Come 2014, it's like a big four. Best of all time. Anderson, GSP, Fedor, John Jones. Obviously, you've had guys like Demetrius Johnson get into the convo, guys like Habib. But for sure, you're talking about when MMA was going from one style beats another to putting it all together. This man from Russia was putting on, putting together wins in a way that we still don't see even today. And he's taken on a resurgent heavyweight champion who, one, beat Fedor's protege, and two, backed it up by taking out his former foe in his hometown in Petty. It's a really, really good fight in that way. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of high stakes. There's a lot of intrigue. And then you talk about the fact that Ryan Bader got Fedor out of there in about a minute last time. Um, so there's a lot to enjoy about this, whether it lives up to a great fight when they're actually in the cage for 25 minutes or less. I don't know, but I want your thoughts on it. What do we got? Look, I'm, I'm legitimately excited about this. Here's all I want. I just want it to at least go one round because nobody, nobody wants to see a round two fight. Like, you know, the second fight that they come together and the way the first one did. Not because that wasn't exciting, but even then, even though it was thrilling to to have a fast knockout, 
it was a little disappointing because you never got to see Fedor do anything. Let's give these guys a chance to at least, you know, circle the cage once before they start trying to knock each other out. So I just want to see them bang. I want to see them get after it, but I want it to be a little bit, um, you know, measured in the beginning so we can get a proper fight. That's all. And with that being said, uh, I think Ryan Bader is going to be, you know, hard to, to get out of there. But I'm hoping Fedor just like, you know, digs deep and, you know, channels whatever eagle, bear, vodka, whatever he needs to channel, you know, the spirits of, 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 uh, of motherland Russia to just put on a show at the forum and just knock Bader out. Just just for fun. And so that's what I'm going to, you know, send my energy towards. And that's what I'm hoping for. And, uh, you know, this isn't a USA-Russia thing. I'm just thinking I want to see Fedor win at the forum. That would be freaking amazing. Uh, let's say uh, Fedor round two knockout. He wins and, uh, you know, walks off victorious. What do you think? I mean, this is exactly one of those that it's like, look, I mean... You know how awesome it could be, right? Mm -hmm. Fedor, one more time, goes out on top, has his uh, revenge, back at the forum, scene of the crime, all this good stuff, right? Yep. Um, I, I feel like you got to acknowledge that Ryan Bader been putting it together. And, and I'll be honest, I, I, I think a lot of us weren't sure if he was going to be able to. Double champ goes to 205. Struggles with Vadim Nemkov, struggles with Corey Anderson, and then it's like, okay, like is this um, is this the end of the Cinderella story, right? Mm -hmm. He yeah. left the UFC, uh, explored free agency, becomes Bellator two division champion, wins the Grand Prix, all this good stuff, right? And it's a you know, it's like okay, in hindsight, made one of the best decisions he could have made ever by leaving UFC, right? And just saying, well, I'm not going to be fight night headliner, always in contention. I got to explore all this more immediately. And now, you know, like, okay, now we're going until the wheels fall off, right? And yep. he's been looking great. He came back, had it. Moldovsky's tough. Moldovsky's huge. And Ryan Bader pulled that one out. Looked dominant again against Czech Congo. Still younger than Fedor. Yeah. Still, uh, I'd say athleticism, a lot of those other tr attributes still go in his favor. I think the one thing about Fedor, he's deceptively quick. That's what mm -hmm. everyone says. Fires a lot of hard shots from the hip. That's where that, you know, the surprise comes from against a lot of opponents. I think that this could be a lot of fun once again. You got to think that Fedor's been going over this one a lot. But I think that um, when it gets going, I feel like you have to believe in Ryan Bader. Like, it, the head says Ryan Bader gets it done. If your heart tells me Fedor finds the spot for the right hand, I don't blame you. It would be sick, but, you know, Ryan Bader's very underrated in his ability to execute a game plan and get it done. Yeah. And so I'm going with Darth again, I think, and still... And uh, sadly, I don't think Fedor Melianenko is going to ever be interested in coming back to Southern California again for the rest of his life. But that's OK. <laughs> I got to see it twice. That's right. So that's, that's right. my hope. So, 
Yeah. But yeah, so uh, all right, we're split. We're both going Derek Lewis. Um, Natalie's going Fedor. I'm gonna go Ryan. And next week, Natalie, can you believe it? No, I cannot. I cannot believe it. Freaking... It's like Valentine's Day gift come early. I mean... Oh my gosh, we felt the love, right? Mm-hmm. Mahachev, Volkanovski, Yair against Josh Emmett. What do you love about this coming up? Dude, I just love Volkan. I mean, I'm not like I was not a huge fan of him because you know it's like the Silva thing, Anderson Silva. Like you, you have a guy that you love, and it doesn't matter how cool his opponent is. But you know, I think about Max Holloway, and I love him so much, and and I I just could never be get behind Alexander Volkanovsky except now I can, because the guts and the balls on this guy to be so willing to just jump in, be the um, what do you call it? But he was not the understudy. That's completely the wrong word. But he was on deck to fill in uh, for the last the last title fight, and and then just jumping right up to 155, untested essentially in in the in the octagon at that weight class, um, and just getting right right after it. So I love this fight so much. Mahachev is scary. He's dangerous. He's super skilled. The way he d- easily dismantled Oliveira was shocking. But Volkanovski's special. He's super special, and I can't forget about that size, that weight that he used to carry. And so I think that's going to really translate to 155 and, you know, who knows what <laughs> his future holds. But that's killer. Um, Yair, Josh Emmett, that's a banger. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I think my biggest thing about it is that, obviously, um, Volkanovski's talent, I mean... You do what you do. You did to Max Holloway. Then you talk about moving up in weight and taking it from a guy who's been really tearing it up in Islam. That is kind of like, are we about to start talking about, a? you know, I just rattled off the goats, right? Are we about to start talking about Volkanovski? I like, think so, bro. You know, like, dude, that would be awesome. And then for Mahachev... I mean, you get past a guy like Volk and Charles to get, you know, as your top two fights as champion. And it's like, okay, yes, there's Benil and Dustin and, you know, Chandler and all these guys out there. But it's like, dude, it's, you know, is it can it get tougher? Maybe not for a minute, right? Like the way he's looked against these guys, if he could do similar things to Volkanovski. I think obviously it makes for a very interesting fight. Um, X's and O's, there's obviously a lot to break down there. We'll get into that. For Yair and Josh Emmett, the only thing I would say, and I'll reiterate it again next week, you just hope that they they throw down the gauntlet. Like, even if Volk just goes out there and just blitzes Islam and takes that second belt, I want Yair and Josh to be like right there looking at him like, don't run now. Hey, don't be scared, homie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I would hope either way a performance like that because I feel like these guys deserve it for how much they've been getting after it. I mean, I know it didn't make the rundown, but they announced Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen in April. Like, okay, yes, that'd be great for Arnold and all this. Yair and Josh, you're here. You get the chance to throw it down first. Let's see that. So that's what that's my hope for everything. But yeah, who gets it ultimately? We'll get into that next week. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking with us. Remember, like, comment, subscribe. We'll be back next week.